Welcome back to the program. Benson and those guys brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com. Ants, bees, critters, whatever. Call Town and Country Pest Solutions for the solution. Town and Country Pest Solutions fearing nothing but God. Bryce Johnson is host of the nationally syndicated program Unpacking It, which can be heard right here on CBS Sports Radio 105.5 The Team, Sunday morning, 7 a.m. He joins us once again on Benson and Those Guys. Bryce, thanks for taking time out to talk with us. Oh, so great to be with you, Rick. Always a lot of fun. Being based in North Carolina, you follow the Carolina Panthers pretty closely. Should we make anything of the recent skirmish and training camp this week between Cam Newton and Josh Norman? You know what? I think you make something of it because I don't find the the biggest leaders in the NFL, the quarterback, when I think of the great ones, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, I don't hear those guys getting into it uh, with a with a cornerback and you know getting on the ground and, and ending up at the bottom of a pile. Um, and now we find out that, that Geno Smith with the Jets He's got into an altercation, and now he's going to be out six to ten weeks. And so between Gino and Cam, it, it raises the question of what type of leaders they are and can they really be the type of guys that can get to that next level of those quarterbacks that I mentioned. And so, you know, I love Cam Newton's game, and as a Panthers fan, there are a lot of things to like about tuning in each week and being able to see the excitement and his ability to run and throw. He's such a, a big body and powerful. Uh, he's got a good personality in a lot of ways. He's captivating. But when it comes to some of the leadership qualities that, that I look to just from a, a fan's perspective, but somebody who admires leaders in all areas of life, uh, there are some question marks. And so, you know, I'm not going to say, oh, Cam, you know, can never grow or can never mature. I just look at what happened you know, this past week with Josh Norman as as a an area for improvement. Now, I like when guys are passionate. I I understand in football you're going to get into some scuffles and, and all that sort of thing. So I'm not naive to think that, but I do put quarterbacks in another category, uh, especially somebody who's trying to be the the, fran- the face of the franchise, the go-to guy. Yeah, we had reports of. Norman throwing a stiff arm to the helmet of Newton, and that, as you said, Newton ended up at the bottom of the pile, and you certainly can't have that happening to your franchise quarterback. And I found myself wondering, does it seem as though there's a lack of respect, perhaps, among that team for their quarterback? I think that's the perfect question to ask. It's would, would, would another defensive player on the Green Bay Packers do something like this to Aaron Rodgers? Uh, I don't think that would be the case. I think there's a level of respect and, and now it doesn't mean, like, it doesn't mean that just because the quarterback's wearing the red jerseys that they can't be criticized by the defense or, you know, there's going to be some back and forth trash talk at summer camp and all that sort of thing. So there's some of that that's just natural. It comes out. But when it goes to the point of getting physical with a quarterback on the ground, yeah, there's a lack of respect there. there there's a lack of understanding even from the, the defensive side, to say, yeah, you don't mess with the guy that has the potential to take us as far as we can go. Now, depending on what, how well Cam Newton plays will determine how far the Panthers can go. And then that's really what it comes down to. Because you look across the NFL, you know the focus, the, the importance that the quarterback position has. Uh, it's not only on the field, but it's also in the locker room as a leader with the respect of 
teammates, coaches, and, and in some ways fans too. Um, so, so yeah, Rick, I, I think that's, that's definitely a concern in, in how, now Josh Norman may be one guy that lacks some respect for Cam Newton, but I would at least wonder and question, uh oh, do other guys feel this way, uh, the, the same way Josh Norman does for him to go, to, to take it this far. We're talking with Bryce Johnson. Bryce is the host of Unpacking It. Unpacking It can be heard Sunday mornings right here on the team, as well as at his website, unpackingit.com. Deflategate has been all over the news since the day we first heard about it. How long do you think that that stigma of Deflategate will stick with Tom Brady? Is that something that's going to dog him the rest of his career? You know, I think it will always be a part of, I hate to even hear the word legacy, but I guess a, a part of his conversation when you mention Tom Brady. And the problem is, because he doesn't have that many years left playing, at least just from a, a general guess, <laughs> just with his age being in his mid to late 30s, and, and for the most part, that's, that's when quarterbacks sort of wind down their careers, well, he doesn't have enough time to sort of make up for it. Now, he's had such a great career, and he's had a clean record you know, on and off the field, as far as we know, uh, outside of this deflate gate, and so you would think that he would have developed enough goodwill but unfortunately for him this just this whole situation dragged his name through the mud for so long and so many months and conversations layer after layer and so people's perception of him have just been you know swayed because of of this so i i think when you talk about tom brady five years from now he the patriots tend to win another super bowl who knows or two that's how talented they are all the time um, but is there enough time to really uh, build up more credibility or, or get people thinking or talking about another aspect of his career without thinking of the flaky? And that's kind of where I'm thinking, uh-oh, he's still going to be stuck with this. Even though in the, in the scheme of things, it probably won't be as big as it feels right now. It'll be more of a blip, but it'll still be a part of the conversation. Um, I, I think, too, we'll realize Years from now, wow, that was, we probably know it now. Well, that was dumb that we spent so much time talking about it. But the, the Tom Brady haters and all the, the fans of teams that he beat over and over and over. And I'm a Panthers fan and Patriots beat the Panthers in the Super Bowl. So I've had to, uh, to deal with my own feelings toward him. Um, but, but I, I don't hold this against them. I, I'm kind of over it at this point. Um, so. Uh, so anyway, yeah, in a few years, will we forget about it? I think in a lot of ways uh, we will, but it'll still be at least somewhat of the conversation forever. It seems to me as though some of the NFL owners are beginning to show signs of dissatisfaction for Commissioner Roger Goodell, and especially how he's handled this deflate gate thing. Do you think his job could be in jeopardy as NFL commissioner? Well, it's, so, it, it's one of these uh, situations that so, it's so hard to tell because his relationships with these owners are much deeper than we realize. We don't understand some of the, the business handlings that go on, the handshake deals, what he's done for certain owners over the years that we, you know, we have no idea about, um, that have benefited the league, that have benefited individual owners, and, and they have his back because of that. Um, they feel good about the, the overall state of the NFL. You know, the, the Hall of Fame game on, on Sunday night got better ratings than, than uh, one of the NHL Stanley Cup games or whatever it was. And so it just shows a preseason game and, and the, the, 
interest and injury that the NFL has. So owners are, you know, excited about that. They look at Roger Goodell as being the leader of that. Um, so it's hard to say, oh, we're going to get rid of, we're going to get rid of the commissioner and potentially rock the boat with a lot of the success that the league is having. Now, are there some black eyes for sure? And there's some dark clouds hanging over the league, the flake gate and, and all the other different stories that we've talked about for the last couple of years. Um, but those are still individual stories. And I think there's plenty to criticize Goodell for and some of the leadership decisions that he's made and how he's handled certain things. Absolutely. I'm one to do that. But I also don't like to blame him for Ray Rice. Like it's not, Goodell is not Ray Rice's. He, he's not the one that made the decisions that Ray Rice did or Greg Hardy. Uh, and sometimes I think he ends up getting lumped in with those guys unfairly. Now, the criticism of how he handled the situation, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but I think there's been this blurred line of blaming Goodell for the NFL's disciplinary problems. Um, and it's more, it's more the suspensions and all that sort of thing that have had to be re- reassessed. And I think that's what they've done. Um, and hopefully moving forward, a lot of these issues will be figured out. And just having an understanding, you know, if you do this, you're suspended for this. If you do this, you're fine this. Um, and so part of that Fidel's fault, he'll take a hit for that, but it's probably even a little bit deeper than that. So uh, I'm, I guess even as I'm talking, it's hard to really know what, how much to blame Goodell and how much is to blame individual players or owners uh, but, but a lot's at play, and I don't think it's simple to just say, all right, Goodell, you're fired, that's it. I think there's more to it than that. Getting back to Deflategate, just for a minute, on your program, you had a terrific faith-based perspective on Patriots owner Robert Kraft's statement that he was wrong to put his faith in the league. Can you sort of reset that for our listeners? Well, I thought a couple weeks ago when, when uh, Robert Kraft finally spoke and, and did a very interesting press conference, basically going against everything that he had sort of stood by as far as standing up for the league and being a, a, a league guy and, and all that sort of thing, and basically saying, hey, I, I, I shouldn't have put my faith in the league. And, and so anytime I hear, I hear the word faith, it, it gets me thinking because I, I look at life through the lens of, my faith in Jesus and, and, and my faith in the Bible uh, and all that sort of thing. And, and so really what it made me realize is, you know, people have to consider where are they placing their faith. And, and so if, if Roger Goodell or uh, Robert Kraft is saying, hey, I shouldn't have put my faith in the league, then we have to ask, wait, where are we putting our faith? And, and so, Psalm 118.8 says it's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. And so I think so many times we we put our faith in, you know, other people to, to a, an extreme extent, and, and people let us down, and, and then we'll rattle because of that. Um, but if, if we put our faith in God's truth and his word and, and put our faith in what Jesus did on the cross, uh, we can we can rest in knowing that he's going to be faithful and, and that we don't have to question um, whether or not God loves us and, and ultimately wants, uh, you know, what, what his will is and, and, and is going to, uh, you know, use bad things for good. And so we can, we can rest in all that. Whereas you put things in the wrong people or the, the wrong institutions and, and all that, and 
ultimately, you know, those, those people or, or those organizations are going to let you down. And so, uh, so anyway, on, on the show a couple weeks ago, I, I just really brought up the question of where we place in our faith. Um, and just kind of take a look inward. Uh, it doesn't mean you can't trust people, but to what extent? And I think that's, that's the biggest thing. And so Robert Kraft, he went all in on trusting the NFL and it backfired. And, and at least until this point, as we're talking today, uh, didn't work the way that, that Robert Kraft thought it would. Well, that was a great perspective uh, on faith. And speaking of faith, of course, Houston Texans back Arian Foster made headlines discussing his lack of faith, his, his atheism with ESPN the magazine. Was it odd to you how he presented the NFL locker room as a place of intolerance towards non-believers, almost as if suggesting the Tim Tebow types were more the norm than the exception? Did that seem like a sort of reversal of sorts to you? It, it really did. It was surprising to hear that uh, in a lot of ways. Um, I will say, though, that just in following the, the faith aspect of sports for, for a while and, and realizing that there are so many guys in locker rooms that are going to Bible studies that, that do follow Jesus and, and it's a very important part of their, their life, uh, that that's such a, an influence in the locker room. Um, and, and I think it's been accepted for a long time. I think, I think the issue on either side is the person that's maybe extreme. And so people would consider Tim Tebow extreme in the way that he demonstrates his faith. And so for Arian Foster, in a lot of ways, he's extreme to say, I don't believe in anything. I don't believe in God and, and just going all in on that way. Whereas I would probably guess that people in the locker room, and we can just guess this with the people that we know in our own lives, where a lot of people say, yeah, you know, I go to church, or yeah, I believe in a higher power, or I believe in God, or something, and they have some sort of church background. There's, there's, there's something there, um, and that would be the norm. That would be kind of common. And, and so in an NFL locker room, yeah, some of the guys may show up to, to Bible study, they may participate in the prayer. They may or may not be living out what their what the Bible says, or being obedient to the Lord, but they at least participate in certain things, and so that becomes norm and, and part of the routine type of thing. But if you go the other way and say, hey, I'm not doing anything, I'm not participating, forget about it, I don't want to hear about it, you would be seen as an extreme person, or somebody that always is bringing it up and say, hey, you need to be a Bible study, you need to do this, you need to do that, I love God, I love God, I love God, and, and it almost becomes, you know, uh, a, a distraction in a lot of ways. For somebody that we just don't maybe, at least for me, because I grow, I've grown up in the South, and so we live in the Bible Belt, and so it's just very common to for the there's like a, a cultural church going mentality, and so I think for Arian Foster who spent time in Tennessee and and now in Houston, other Bible Belt areas, um, it's difficult to be somebody who who just totally rejects it. So I can kind of see. I guess where Foster feels like, whoa, I'm, I'm in a, a completely different world here, being totally vocal about disbelief and saying, hey, I don't, I don't believe in anything. Bryce Johnson is the host of nationally syndicated show Unpacking It. He joins Benson and those guys once again. Unpacking It, of course, can be heard tomorrow morning and every Sunday morning at 7 a.m. right here on 105.5 The Team. Bryce, for those who may not be familiar, can you tell our audience a bit about your show? Yeah, so basically each week on Unpacking It, we, we look at the weekend sports from a faith perspective. Uh, we talk to a lot of different sports figures, 
uh, about their own lives, about their faith journeys, and, and also uh, just about their families, and, and also discuss kind of big issues with them as well. Um, so we look at the, the issues in sports and society and, and look at the kind of the culture and all of those things through the lens of faith, through the lens of the Bible. And, and so I'm a huge sports fan, uh, love sports media, but, but ultimately I, I love Jesus and, and want to be able to uh, really just look at things from uh, a different lens and, and be able to hopefully provide people some, some thought-provoking conversations and, and, and be able to uh, just share my heart and, and what God's doing in my own life and, and, and how that, that really intersects and, and intertwines with, with sports. And so uh, we have a lot of fun. Uh, actually just celebrated three years of doing the show. So, uh, so God continues to bless it. And uh, I'm very, very grateful for the opportunity each week to, uh, to talk sports and faith. Well, congratulations, Bryce, on three years. We love the show, love what you're doing there. How can we pray for you? What are your prayer requests? Yeah, pray for, uh, for clarity with, with kind of the fall coming up and some new opportunities that are, are being presented, uh, just that I'd, I'd be wise and, and follow God's will, and um, I just continue to be, be obedient to Him. So uh, I appreciate that for sure. Bryce, thanks again for joining us. As always, pleasure to talk to you. All right, Rick. Anytime. I appreciate it. Keep up the good work. He's Bryce Johnson. The show is Unpacking It. You can find it at unpackingit.com. We'll be back right after the break. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions.